Hey, hey, and welcome into the Big Ten Huddle. I am your host, JR, and we are here to talk about all the things going on in the Big Ten. I have two fantastic guests with me today. I have Aaron. Aaron, I don't I don't think I asked how to pronounce your right last name. Is it Brightman? It is. Okay, Brightman. All right, my guess was correct. We have Aaron Brightman in Verts. Aaron uh, covers Rutgers for the Scarlet Faithful, and Verts is from Twitter. You can find him there, and he'll tell you how to find there. But first, let's go to Aaron. Aaron, can you plug your yourself, your show, whatever you want to plug real fast? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I founded the thescarletfaithful.com. Uh, also, I'm Aaron underscore Brightman on Twitter. I have a YouTube channel. I have a daily podcast now and uh, post a lot of different uh, analysis, breakdown videos, uh, and also on Instagram as well, The Scarlet Faithful. There you go. So your one-stop shop for all things Rutgers football and basketball, right? Yes. There you go. So you can go there for all that stuff. And then we have Verts. Verts, you want to tell people where they can find you at? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at 11 Verts, um, tweeting mostly about the Huskers, but uh, a little bit of everything here and there. Um, some analysis, some... Uh, you know, jokes and some trash talk. So a little bit of everything there too. There you go. What else could you want on Twitter? Jokes, trash talk analysis. That's what we all go there for. (laughs) All right. Well, if you know anything about the Big Ten Huddle, you know that we are brought to you by Big Banter Sports. Big Banter Sports, your one-place stop shop for all things Big Ten football. Uh, We are working on getting together a podcast for every team in basketball right now. So check back for that later on. We have most of the teams ready, but we're still looking to finish that out before the basketball season comes. And then if you like this show, please like and subscribe. Let us know uh, what you think in the comment section about anything we talk about. We have episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, Right now, we're going through a lot of game breakdowns. We're talking a lot about the players, those kind of things. So uh, definitely let us know your thoughts on uh, what's going on in the Big Ten and the things we talk about. Today, we are going to talk about Michigan State. We're not going to talk about Mel Tucker. He's been covered crazy, so don't worry. We're going to be talking about the team going forward. What are they going to look like this season? And what does the head coaching job at Michigan State look like? Is that something that is attractive to other coaches? Or is that something where they might have to go for a coach somewhere else that maybe isn't quite as well known? We'll also talk about Big Ten quarterbacks. We've seen two games already from most of these guys, and we'll kind of get into thinking about, hey, who's kind of top tier, who are maybe some sleepers you're not thinking about, those kind of things. And then we'll also talk about this weekend. We'll do some upset alerts if there's any Big Ten teams who might be on upset alert or if there are any Big Ten teams who could be upsetting somebody else this weekend. So let's just get into our first topic, the future of Michigan State. So everybody knows what's going on with Mel Tucker. It looks like he is being suspended to eventually be to eventually be fired. We don't know that for sure, but that's what most people are anticipating. But my question to you guys, Aaron, we'll start with you. Will you see players rally and maybe play better this season with Harlan Barnett and Mark D'Antonio there? Do you think this is maybe going to get worse and maybe they won't play as well? Uh, what's kind of your outlook for the rest of the season for Michigan State? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a uh, you know very fascinating situation. I think what's interesting is that, you know, they really hadn't had to deal with the adversity of this scandal. It kind of just it literally came out of the blue, at least in public perception this past weekend. So it hasn't necessarily been a distraction so far. The fact that he's suspended, you know, they keep, they don't have that 30 day window to enter the portal. I think one thing that will be interesting to watch is if guys all of a sudden start taking themselves out and want to redshirt the year to preserve a year of eligibility. That's something I'm kind of looking at, especially with Rutgers playing them uh, in that fifth game of the season. Uh, but I think that, yeah, this could certainly serve as a galvanizing moment for the team. 
but I think it also doesn't necessarily take away, you know, the, the deficiencies that this team already had on the field uh, coming into the year. But it certainly, you know, could rally the troops for sure. It's going to be very interesting to see how they, how they handle it from within. For sure, for sure. Verts, what's kind of your thoughts here? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. You know, it's not whether they get fired up or not, that's not going to fix some of the issues that they may have had coming in. But it can be some depending on how they react to it. It could be, you know, like you saw the Michigan players um, with their like free Harbaugh shirts. Like if they feel particularly aggrieved by this, like like you said, it got dropped on them in the middle of the week on a, on a game week. You know, if they feel like they've had their coach, you know, taken from them, this is the guy I came to play for. We're going to get fired up and go play for Mel, you know, for for better or worse, whatever that situation ends up being legally. Um, you know, that these this is at least a guy that they came to play for. So they might go out there and, and really give it their all for the interim guys too. Um, they do have some deficiencies, but they also have a really big time mashup coming up this week too, which we'll I'm sure get to at some point, but it's um, they have an opportunity to really prove something this week. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's just go ahead and talk about the matchup this week, if you guys don't mind. I mean, we have Washington coming in to Michigan State this year. Obviously, it was a tough game for them last year. People favored Michigan State last year. Uh, I don't remember if they were favored by the odds, but I know a lot of people going into that game thought Michigan State you know, had a really good chance of winning it. Um, but this year, we're looking at a team that doesn't have their head coach, lost two of their best offensive players in the transfer portal. And though they've looked good these first two games of the season, it's not really been great um, in terms of the competition they've played. So they're still kind of a mystery. I mean, obviously they're looking good, but you just never know what can go on with that kind of stuff. Aaron, do you have any thoughts about the game this weekend and what we might see from Michigan State versus Washington or anything along those lines? Well, I mean, obviously Penix is, you know, a tremendous quarterback and, uh, you know, he, he's so talented. And uh, Michigan State struggled with him when he was at Indiana, the Big Ten. So, I don't think their defense is great. And uh, I think that, that they're going to struggle to contain the Washington offense. Like you said, you know, offensively, they've lost some key playmakers. Uh, you know, I, I'm curious as a Jersey guy, you know, Jalen Berger, what can he do? Can he step up now and maybe uh, be more of a, uh, you know, consistent producer for them in the run game? But uh, I, I think Michigan State is going to struggle to be able to score enough points to hang with Washington. Yeah, for sure. Washington has that high-powered offense, and uh, definitely if you don't have the star power, it's going to be hard to make that happen. Verts, kind of what's your thought on this whole Michigan State-Washington game coming up? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely an opportunity. It's a, a big-time top-ten opponent coming into your house. Um, you can definitely make a statement given everything that's happened and really kind of put the football first and get everything else behind you. Um, unfortunately, I, I don't know that they have the guys to do that. I mean, they're right now, it's, I think I saw the line at 14 or something like that. You know, no one has a lot of faith in them, including the odds, odds makers. Um, so, I mean, I would, I would love it. It'd be great for the, great for the kids if they could, if they could go out there and, and play a tough game, um, on Saturday night. But, um, I just don't know that they have the talent to, to really hang with that, that attack in Washington. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, the Pac-12 is a loaded conference this year. So if you can get somebody who – I don't want to say they're down at the lower end because it's so hard to tell at this time of year, but definitely not near the top. If you could get one of them to come in and maybe take off one of uh, the top teams in the Pac-12, it could lo really look good for the Big Ten, and we could really have a storyline there. So, all right, well, moving forward, maybe after the season, kind of looking ahead, what are you guys' thoughts on the coaching candidates that we might see uh, – come up in this situation obviously we've heard kind of the 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 ones that you hear all the time we've heard the Matt Campbell's some of those I think I saw somebody say something about Lance Leopold I mean 
Aaron, do you think that either of those names are valid? Do you have any other names that people could be on the lookout for? What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, obviously the, those names, I mean, Lance Leopold, I feel like it's going to be on everybody's list. Uh, you know, I think he's got a pretty good deal there at Kansas right now because he doesn't have to deal with a lot of pressure. Um but I think Michigan State's a unique position because of also just the culture there in terms of a lot of things that, that they've experienced, um, you know, recently in terms of uh, negative stuff that's happened. And, they, you know, it's, it's always cliche when you talk about a new coach, new coach, new culture. But I think they need to hire somebody that can really help, I think, heal some wounds and, and give them a fresh start from a culture perspective. No, I really like Kleiman at, at Kansas State. Uh, obviously, he's doing a great job there, but I think he's someone that, you know, they'll probably target. Um, you know, in terms of uh, connections past staff, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I think they'll start fresh. I don't think they're going to bring in someone that's ever, you know, worked. Maybe D'Antonio is going to push for somebody uh, that's worked there before. But, um, yeah, I think – it can't hurt to pick up the phone and try Leopold, but uh, I think that would be a home run higher, but I don't necessarily think it's realistic. Um, you know, but I, th- I really like climbing at uh, Kansas state. And I think that, you know, that's, that's someone that they should really go after. Yeah. I think when you look at big 12 guys like Leopold and climbing and even Matt Campbell, you look at the big tens media deal and how much money they have. And so really that's the biggest selling point for a school like Michigan state, who obviously they're dealing with this difficult Uh, thing going on with Mel Tucker but they could go to one of these coaches and say hey look how much are you making at Kansas State how much are you making at Kansas we can we can provide you more than that and just get into a bidding war that most likely if they're going to use the money that they've gotten from this media deal the right way they could they could go into and pay more money than what other people could Vert's kind of what are your thoughts on a coaching candidate in the future yeah, I think that you're right with that. The big, the big Ten could definitely throw some cash at people that um, otherwise may not, based on situation alone, make that move. Um, you know, like you, like you said, Aaron, uh, Lance Leopold has a great situation at Kansas, but, um, you know, money money talks, they might be able to lure him. Um, I think that we, we could definitely look at a couple of the guys who made moves this past offseason, whether it was because they were not hired or because they took actually a demotion. Um, that like Jim Leonard coming from not getting the Wisconsin job, just took an analyst job, not getting tied down. I think he might have played this really perfectly. Um, obviously not preying on anyone's downfall, but knowing that one of those big jobs in the Big Ten might come open, uh, he has that ability to just sl- slot right in. He was um interim coach by all means, uh by all accounts well liked, um, has the the you know the coaching um you know resume to to really qualify for that job. Um, then another guy that I think might be interesting um, is uh, Sean Lewis, the, the OC from Colorado, you know, took a step down from being a head coach to go be an offensive coordinator because he thought it might get him more exposure. Well, you know, I don't know that anyone's getting more exposure than them right now. So I think another guy that really might have just in terms of just hitting the hitting the, the timing jackpot in, in, in advancing his career. Um, no one's a, a hotter commodity than, than that Colorado team right now. So maybe someone from that staff, the guy calling call the plays, designing that offense. Uh, that might be the guy that they go after too. Well, and you never know. They could just go after Dion by himself. Cause where <laughs> yeah, did Mel keep, Tucker keep that came pipeline from? going, right? Exactly. He came from Colorado. So, Hey, just go right back to Colorado. You get, try for Dion. If he says no, then try for Sean Lewis. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I think those are great answers. Those guys, one that I've thought of, and I haven't really heard people talk about it a lot, but I really do think it's likely is Mark Stoops from Kentucky. Mark Stoops is a Midwest guy. I think he is from the Midwest, if I'm not mistaken. And he is somebody that has built up Kentucky pretty far. And I think Michigan State 
has a bit more that they can build up on than what Kentucky is, especially since Kentucky is kind of locked in the SEC, can't really mm-hmm. break that ceiling, it seems like. But Michigan State has. Michigan State has been to the playoffs. And so if Mark Stoops really wants to advance his career and maybe get to that next level, it looks like that's more of a possibility at Michigan State than it would be at Kentucky. Not to disparage Kentucky, I just think that based off history, you know, we can kind of see that a little bit more. All right, moving on to our next subject. Our next subject is the Big Ten quarterback. So Athlon Sports, if you haven't seen this, Athlon Sports kind of took quarterbacks and made their own top 25 list. So this list is long. I'm not going to read every single name, but I will read the Big Ten quarterbacks' names, and there's only a few of them. But number eight, they have J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. At number 11, they have Drew Aller from Penn State. And then he's not in the top 25, but it did say that he was on the cusp after week two is Leah Tonga-Vailoa from Maryland. So my question to you guys is, could J.J. McCarthy, Drew Aller, or T- or uh, Le- Leah Tongavailoa enter into another top tier of this of this conversation or even Heisman contention at some point. I know that's probably more of a JJ route than maybe a Leah route, but I mean, do you guys think these guys could climb, get higher? Verts, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think I think like you said, definitely JJ more more for the Heisman than, than potentially the others. Although Aller, um, you know, whoever comes out of that race, maybe number one or number two um, on the East side um very very likely could get into that conversation if they play really well so you know even if penn state finishes call it second in the east for hypothetical if they get there on the back of drew hours play and he's really lighting it up he could definitely be invited to, into that conversation now in terms of just being part of that tier yeah absolutely i think that they definitely have the have the ability to um to be recognized as that we haven't really seen um a lot of those teams turning it loose yet you know mccarthy is is averaging um you know 87 completion which is just you know absurd they're giving them pretty high percentage stuff against generally lesser competition we'll see once once the uh you know big 10 play starts for them how much of that gets retained but i think that there's definitely a path there for both of those guys to really show off uh, in a very uh, competitive and very deep um division on the east side for sure and I, I was looking at stats today and jj mccarthy actually has the highest qbr of any big 10 quarterbacks He's at 202 ever, right right now yeah yeah it's super high up there i think russell wilson uh, had it before. Now, obviously, there's still a lot more time left in the season. He's only done it for two weeks, but J.J. McCarthy really is probably going to finish the season as one of the highest Big Ten QBR quarterbacks out there because that's just kind of the player he is, and that's kind of the player that Jim Harbaugh needs for his offense more than anything else. Uh, Aaron, you're going to face all three of these guys at some point this season, so you're you're <laughs> going to – I'm sure you're looking at this. What are your thoughts on these three guys and maybe where they could end up, maybe where their ceilings are? Yeah, I, I, I think um, I think Vert's made some really good points. I, I think with Michigan and Penn State too, the fact that they have they both have two really good running backs behind their quarterbacks uh, really helped both of those guys. But I, I really like Aller. I think Penn State, you know, it's almost like they have an advantage being a little bit of the underdog and Michigan's expectations being higher. I know Penn State was kind of the the darling preseason, you know, sleeper pick. Doesn't really make him a sleeper anymore, but that head-to-head game obviously is going to decide a lot. But I think if Penn State all of a sudden comes out and, you know, say they run the table in the Big Ten, it's going to – I think it would be hard to think that Aller's not in the conversation because for them to win, he's going to have to play at a high level and he's going to be a big-time story if they do do that. So I do think he honestly he has a higher ceiling long-term than J.J. So, uh, yeah, I, I think if I had to pick one of them, I'd go with Aller uh, over J.J. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think that offense lends itself more to Aller being kind of that playmaker and kind of doing those things. AJ, AJ, JJ obviously has a lot that he could do with his feet, but it's not called upon in the same way that Aller kind of has been, at least so far. Who knows? Maybe the offense changes as we get more into the season, but at least how it's been so far. All right, guys. So my question to you after this is, are there any other quarterbacks in the Big Ten maybe that we're sleeping on, maybe that we could find somewhere around this list, maybe on the cusp of it, or maybe just barely getting into it at some point that's not getting enough love right now that you guys feel like, hey, this could be somebody that people need to know their name because later on down the road, they're either going to be well-known or they're going to be near this list. Verts, your thoughts first. Um, I, I think that I would throw out um, Tanner Mordecai. Um, it's been a rough start for Wisconsin so far, but we've seen what he can do. He's put up uh, insane numbers in in a high-powered offense. It's t- uh, you know they're, they're they're two games in. It's certainly not what was billed, um, but it's definitely has the opportunity to get on track. You know, as as the season goes on, um, you know he's he's a veteran guy. If they really can get clicking and turn that. Uh, offense loose into what we thought it would be or what it was promised to be I think you could definitely see some big numbers there yeah for sure uh you don't think Jeff Sims is going to be around there anytime soon (laughs) uh I think that we're a work in progress on Jeff Sims I will say Jeff Sims and I've been saying this for a while he is electric man he has a lot of mobility Mm -hmm. he's very athletic so I just feel like if Nebraska can harness that in the right way Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if he'll be anywhere near this list, but he could be one of the more electric players um, in the in the Big Ten and maybe nationally as well. Yeah, so. w- w- when he's right, he's right. But you know, so far, um, haven't been able to to, to get that it's on right. the field so far. And who knows? Sometimes it's just a feeling out process. It takes some t- game time to to work that in. Who knows? We'll see what Matt Rule and his staff can do. Mm-hmm. Aaron, your thoughts on some sleeper quarterbacks? Maybe some that are well are uh, less well known right now. Yeah, and one, one last point that I want to get a dig in is, you know, we know Franklin will, will run up the score. So Aller is, you know, I think Harbaugh, you know, he'll play it more conservative. Aller's yeah. going to have more opportunities too. So Penn State will, you know, continue to run that that offense. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to plug, you know, the, the Rutgers quarterback, Gavin Wimsett. Uh, I, I do think he has the potential uh, n- not, to, not to crack the top 25 nationally, but uh, in the Big Ten, I think he can be a top half uh, quarterback this year. He started off really well. I think Kirk Shiraka as offensive coordinator has done, you know, wonders for him already, just in terms of his poise, his confidence, his decision-making. He's still a little bit inaccurate at times, but he's shown his natural raw ability as well. Uh, he made a, a really huge uh, fourth down conversion uh, in, tra- in trouble uh, against Northwestern. And then he had a 60 yard touch uh, pass uh, to um, Jaquay Jackson in the Temple game that just, you know, two throws that for Rutgers, we haven't had a quarterback that can make those kind of throws in a long time. So uh, I think, I really do think where he is at right now in September, if they can stay healthy and he can keep enough weapons around him, I think he can make some real strides uh, in November. Yeah, and if people don't know, Gavin Wimsatt, I mean, he was a four-star recruit according to 24-7. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think he was a top 25 quarterback as well. So, you know, he's Top got 100 talent. recruit, too. Top 100 recruit, yeah. So, I mean, he's got talent, and he's somebody that people can look at and say, hey, if he's just developed the right way, of course he's young. Um, what was he in the 20... 20- 21 or 2020 class so he's still young uh but he definitely has some room to grow and do those things so yeah i think that's a great point on him 
All right, our last section here, and then we'll get out of here. Just some talk on maybe some upset alert games in the Big Ten. So either teams in the Big Ten who might upset other teams or teams in the Big Ten who we might look at and say, I don't know, these guys might be in some danger of getting upset. Teams that are favored in their games this weekend right now. Maryland by 14 and a half. Um, Penn State is favored by 14 and a half over Illinois. Wisconsin is favored by 19. We have Rutgers favored by seven. Iowa's favored by 28 and a half. Ohio State favored by 28. We have Nebraska favored by 11 and a half. And Michigan favored by 40 and a half. And the rest of the teams are, uh, are, are underdogs in some way, shape, or form. Uh, are there any games this weekend that you guys are going to be on the lookout for that could be upset alert either for or against Big Ten teams? Aaron, your thoughts first. Yeah, you know, this might sound weird, but I I feel like Louisville going to Indiana, I mean, are we really sure that Louisville is that much better? Uh, They haven't really played anyone yet. And, you know, I I think Indiana is better. I don't think they're good necessarily, but they did hang with Ohio State more than than I think people thought. And uh, Louisville doesn't play particularly well on the road traditionally. So I think that's a game that at least spread-wise they could cover. Um, But I think they could end up winning that game. And then I also I'm curious about Minnesota at North Carolina. I, North Carolina is really good, but I, I I do like Minnesota's defense a lot. And if they can kind of make that a slugfest, I think that would be interesting if they're in that game in the fourth quarter. For sure, for sure. And uh, you know, I thought you were going to mention this a little bit, Aaron. But go ahead and talk about you know your Rutgers. They're favored against Virginia <laughs> Tech. I mean, I know it's at home, but hey, that's not something we see every single time. Power Five opponent favored against. I think Rutgers has a good shot at being bowl eligible this year. And this kind of this them being favored really kind of shows that a little bit. Uh, what do you think that's going into this that's kind of making them favored? And do you feel like maybe they're going to be bowl eligible as well? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge swing game for them. If, if they can win this game, the, the path to a bowl eligibility is a lot more clear. If they lose this game, it's going to be a lot harder. Uh, November is a brutal schedule for them. Uh, but if you win this game, then you go to Michigan, just get out of there healthy. You come back, you have a FCS opponent, Wagner, and then you have Michigan State coming in for homecoming, and then you're at Indiana. So there's a real shot. Uh, They're at Wisconsin in between that. But there's a real shot that they could be 6-2 and uh, before Halloween. So obviously everything kind of has to go right for them. Uh, I think they are a pretty balanced team. But, you know, Rutgers fans have lived through this before where everything on paper makes sense for them to win this weekend, and then they can't take advantage. Virginia Tech has a lot of injuries right now. Uh, Their starting quarterback might not play. Their top receiver, uh, Ali Jennings, is out. They just lost their starting tight end. Their other receivers banged up. So it's for the taking for them. I think they have to play mistake-free football and it starts to whims it. But, uh, yeah, it's certainly reason for optimism, but I don't think, you know, it's a sure thing by any means. Yeah, I'm, I am by no means a Rutgers fan, but I do kind of root for them from time to time because, well, number one, I want the Big Ten to do well. And then number two, I just think it'd be such a cool story. You know, Rutgers 6-2 and two before Halloween. I would love that. I think that would be uh, fantastic and such a cool storyline for the Big Ten. All right, Verts, kind of some more of your thoughts on some upset alert teams here in week three for the Big Ten. Yeah, I like that Louisville-Indiana game um, for the reasons that you said. You know, we've, we've seen Indiana play uh, play a tough game, ultimately losing, but um, play a tough game. And they're, they're, I don't expect them to be an easy out at home. Um, Minnesota-North Carolina as well. I will say uh, Georgia Southern going to Wisconsin. Georgia Southern at home, classic trap game. Just for uh, – uh, you might get fired after that one. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for uh, you know some of the, some of those uh, those games, I think are um, 
De- definitely potential for upsets. Um, Purdue and Syracuse should be interesting. I don't really know what to make of that. It's at Purdue. Um, Purdue lost uh, to you know to Fresno State, um, but definitely has has an offense. You know, I think maybe some even though they lost some key players, some maybe some holdover from uh, from when Brom was there. Um, so you know, uh, Syracuse slight favorite in that one. I don't know if we'll call that a full on upset, but um, you know, maybe maybe look at that Purdue game. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that Purdue game is one that I'm going to have my eye on. It's on NBC. It's in prime time. So, uh, and I tell you what, I really like the improvement that Purdue made from week one to week two. You know, obviously the week one lost to Fresno State. That is frustrating. Uh, but I think Fresno State's a better team than people give them credit for. They're, they have a chance to win the Mountain West this year. So uh, I'm not saying that Purdue should have lost to them, but I, I don't think it's the worst loss in the yeah. world, but I saw some improvement from Hudson Card. Uh, Dion Burks is another good receiver. It just seems like Purdue has one of these good receivers every year. You know, they had Rondell Moore, they had Charlie Jones last year. It just seems like one of them pop up every year. So if we could see more from Dion Burks and we could see some continued improvement from Hudson Card, I really think we could look at another Purdue win against Syracuse, um, making that two in a row this year. So, all right, guys. Well, hey, that's all I really had. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, Aaron, you have any more thoughts about the Big Ten or anything else? No, I mean, I'm excited for for league play to really kick off and, you know, see just uh, Big Ten matchups week after week pretty soon uh, once non-conference play is done. And I I think, you know, the West is wide open and, uh, you know, the East is what it is. But uh, I'm encouraged uh, overall, you know, in terms of just where I think Rutgers could fit into it. But, yeah, I'm excited for Big Ten uh, football kicking off really soon. For sure. I am too. I can't wait. We've got a little taste with Ohio State, IU, and then uh, we're going to have Penn State, Illinois this weekend. And we had a little bit here and there with uh, with uh, Rutgers and Northwestern in week one as well. So I think it's going to be exciting. Verts, you have any more final thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, just looking forward to um, uh, last couple weeks of you know non-conference here for most teams. Um, we're starting to dabble in the conference, like you said. But yeah, those uh, the West race should be wide open. Um should be very interesting to watch. Should, should come right down to the end, especially in the East too. You know, have uh, have a few uh, the three big, you know, favored teams. But who knows? Like you, like you said, Aaron um, Rucker is looking like they might have some some fight down the down the road too. And uh, should be interesting to see who comes out and plays in Indy in, uh, in December. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, Big Ten West, most competitive division in all of football. You love it. You love to see it. Uh, and and they uh, play a very. We'll, we'll take most competitive. <laughs> what'd you say we'll take most competitive that's not how everyone would describe us but we'll take that well hey you never know who's gonna win it every year that's the way i look at it it's like hey you could, could be wisconsin could be nebraska could be northwestern i mean who knows? so it's a it's an open race every single year and i love i love paying attention to it so all right well again special thanks to aaron brightman and verts for coming in if you want to find these guys you can find aaron brightman at the scarlet faithful he's the founder of that and you can find verts at 11 verts that is the word spelled out 11 verts uh, on twitter as well and don't forget we are brought to you by big banter sports bigbantersports.com visit their website go to social media for all that that you can find there also next episode we will be covering the penn state and illinois game we will have somebody on from penn state trying to see if i can get somebody on from illinois but we will be covering that game previewing that with a few more big 10 guests thanks so much for coming on guys thanks so much for listening to us have a great day 